What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino, class of 2016, and you're watching Dingo Talk. What's up, Chuckleheads? My name is Danny Bishop, and I am the special guest host of a very special episode of Dingo Talk. It's the 100th episode, and the guest of honor is the man himself, Carlo Guadagnino. Throughout this interview, you're going to hear him talk about his Bethany experience. You're going to talk about the impact that he has had on others. You're going to hear about the impact that others have had on him and why Carlo Guadagnino is a staple of Bethany culture and has a message at the end that every single person should hear. Without a shadow of a doubt, are y'all ready? Carlo? Buddy, it's, we got we to gotta do a show. We got this whole thing we got to do. It's not me. Like I, I thought I had like twenty minutes. All right, well, I had... well, so guys, look, it's, it's my show. So let's get into it. What's up, Chuckleheads? He's got ninety-nine episodes, and he's the hundredth. Here with me on Dingo Talk is class of twenty sixteen, Carlo, the man, the legend, the Dingo. Guadagnino. How you doing, buddy? Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that intro. Thanks for doing this. Uh, no problem. It's good to be here, I guess. I gotta answer some questions, huh? You know the drill. All right. I do. We've done this 99 times, so. <sighs> well, you know, but a bitch ain't one. So let's go. All right. So, I am imagining that you usually start this thing out with talking about, you know, the recruitment process with, with your alumni and... So uh, it's my knowledge that you have kind of a, a little funny, unique recruitment story. So how did you find out about the good old? Uh, I was uh, I was a pizza delivery guy for Ribkins in Monroeville, and uh, I got a phone call one day while I was um, while I was doing my job, and I was told that I got a I was qualified for a scholarship at Bethany. All I had to do was give them some information. Don't know if I ever got the scholarship, but I gave him information because why not? Uh, fast forward to the spring of my senior year. I take a tri senior high school in 2010. I take a trip to uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, Becker College. Um, and I stayed there for most of the week. I, I just kind of, I, I had some friends in town. I stayed with them for a little bit. And then... Uh, I had scheduled a visit down to Bethany after, like, it was like a day I was supposed to get back. Well, I got lost on the way coming back from Massachusetts because I saw a flip phone and my car charger didn't work, so I had no GPS. Times were hard. The struggle was real. Yeah, I ended up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then somehow I ended up in Punxsutawney from Scranton, and I lived in Plum, and that was not, uh, I was two hours away from home, so I get home, and my dad goes, well, don't forget, Monday you have to go to Bethany. 7 a.m., you have to be there. Well... I woke up at 5.30, whatever, drove from Plum, came down because I had talked to some people. They told me to go the back way, Route 50 through Bridgeville and then uh, to Avella. And I come out of Campground Road, first time I ever come to Bethany, drove right through it. Drove right through it. Drove down all the way to Wellsburg, made it to the Wendy's. Very easy to miss. Yeah, drove all the way to the Wendy's, got there. The lady, I said to the lady, I'm looking for Bethany College, and she said, oh, sweetheart, where'd you come from? And I told her, and she goes, okay, go back to those lights, go back on that really windy road that you were on, 67, and go all the way back up, you'll see a sign that says Bethany College. Well, 
coming if you come from campground or camp Campbell Mansion, you know there's no sign that tells you you're in Bethany. No. But coming from 67, coming from Wallsburg or, or uh, West Lib, you can. There's a sign right there, right in front of the rec center. So I find it. I go in. Uh, Coach Weaver had told me I was a special teams player at best. Um, he wasn't wrong. I mean, I was five ten. I wasn't a big guy. I, I just wanted to play football. Um, what position? Safety. Okay. I was coming in as a safety. Um, and my recruitment trip at Becker had gone really well. Like, I had pretty much decided I was going there. Um, but Bethany offered me a very nice financial aid package that, that was feasible. I mean, it, was, it wasn't going to be a lot of money uh, at first while I was still a football player. Um, and some test scores and whatnot. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't super smart. Right in the middle of my class. Uh, maybe on the back end of the middle, but I was still in the middle. I know that. Um, but I came to Bethany, and it was uh, they they were interested in bringing me in to play football. Like they wanted, they they really. I talked to the guys for most of the next month and a half before I made my decision. Make my decision, and uh, actually, Becker sends me my financial aid package the day I was supposed to move. Like the day I came to report for camp. Um, so that's how I ended up here. That's how I ended up in Bethany. I, I uh, uh, phone call and then never really thought anything of it, and then came out for a couple of visits. And you know, I didn't do it overnight. I didn't do anything like that. Oh, I, I did do it overnight. I bumped into uh, Bubba. That uh, was my first experience. With okay, Bubba. local so we'll legend. Get, yeah, we'll get into that later on. But so that's how I ended up here at Bethany. Awesome, awesome. Now, when you first started here. Um, you were a an education major, and you had a minor in history, right? I was an education major and a history major, oh, and then I, I realized very quickly that that wasn't going to work <clears throat> out because of the constraints of both majors. Um, uh, so I became a history minor, and I was on the education track uh, through my junior year. So then give me that, give me that mindset of what, uh, so what was the initial plan? What were you going to do with your career? I wanted to be a history teacher. I wanted to teach, uh, history for more of a hands-on. Let's take people to places. Let's, um, I didn't want to shy away from certain things. Like, I mean, we know Christopher Columbus, not a great guy. We don't need to say that he found America. The guy didn't find America. So <laughs> or it would be called Columbia. Not, <laughs> Christopher but, Land. Yeah, one of those. It wouldn't, but you know. So I wanted to teach from a very real point of view. I uh, I did a uh, observation, and the teacher at Brook High School, and I can't remember her name. She gave me an opportunity to do a little project with the students, where I uh, it was right at the beginning of Obama's first term, or towards the end. Uh, I can't remember. Were we? It was the beginning of his first term. It feels like a century away. Um. And there was the, the first government, the first one that I was aware of that, you know, I was involved in, like, paying attention to history and, and, right. and po politics and whatnot. Uh, government shutdown was coming, and it, it was very cut and dry of, you know, this is how these people vote, this is how these people vote. And I basically split the class into two groups, and then I picked five random kids and made them independents, and they were the votes that were going to, like, determine which way we went. Um, and... At that point, I was really gung-ho. I was going to be a teacher, and then, uh, you know, I, uh, things changed once I graduated, once I got 
further into it, I guess we'd say. Yeah, so, um, you know, going back to your, your football career, unfortunately, it was cut short. Um, it was during your junior season that you had to step away from the game on the field position? Uh, so, sophomore year, right before homecoming, uh, Wednesday practice, I went to make a tackle and rolled my ankle. Thought I rolled my ankle. Um, found out later on. Uh, I, was, I tore seven ligaments, rehab, had surgery, had rehab for that. Um, and I was, it was the end of sophomore year. We were working here in the summer. There was a group of us, Corey Arrington, Christian Summerlin, uh, Mike Hensley. Um, we all lived on the same floor. And, you know, I got, I had to take the impact test to come back to being a football player. And I took the test and. Anybody's taking that test, it's miserable. You, you click a bunch of things and whatnot. And I remember Zach Moody calling me and saying, you know, hey, how do you think you, how do you think that went? And I, you know, it's the same way I always took a test. Uh, he goes, good, that made my decision really easy. The NCAA is going to be sending you a letter. You're no longer allowed to participate in any athletic uh, sport collegially uh, because I had what later would be diagnosed as post-concussion syndrome. Which just means I had a bunch of concussions, and, and one of the concussions never fully healed. Um, so, you know, it's something that you deal with, It's but just really headaches and dizziness. Uh, but, so I walked away from my playing career, that going into my junior year, and I stayed with the team. Uh, Coach Weaver allowed me to still travel with the team, be a member of the team. I filmed the games. Um, I, would, I, I, I was in every meeting, I, I was at every practice. Um, and you know, that year really, it was, that could have been a year where I wouldn't be able to say that uh, I was a real uh, Bethanian because I, I didn't go to class. I mean, I, I was on certain medications. One of them was supposed to help with anxiety. One of them was supposed to help with sleeping because of the concussion issues. Um, and they did the opposite. They did the opposite. I mean, you lived with me in the house. You know that uh, I, I would wake up at 11 o'clock as if it was 7 o'clock ready to go and then realize I missed my classes. Um, and part of that was just, just stubbornness and not wanting to go get help and not wanting to acknowledge that there was a problem. Um, but I, I, I didn't go to class. I got, a, I got a .5 GPA. I got a credit for football. That was it. Um, and I got, I came back for J term, took a math class, uh, did quite well throughout the J term period. Uh, but the final was 50% of the grade and, you know, Christian Summerlin and I both, we, we showed up and we, we were late. Jerry Schultz wouldn't let us take the final. Uh, so we failed the final. Rude. Well, we failed the final and, and Jerry was one of the, that was what he was. I mean, yeah, he was Schultz very face was, value. He, he told you what the rules were from the beginning, and you knew if you were late for a test, you weren't going to be able to take it. So it's one of those, you know, I, I wasn't mad at him for that. I was mad that, you know, I, had a, I feel like I, have, I think I had like a 97 or 98 going into the class, and that, or going into that final, and um, it, it, that shouldn't have been the determining factor. But, so I was on the brink of getting kicked out of school, and, uh, you know, I went down to I went and talked to Bill Kiefer um I talked to some people on the uh different faculty Ken Morgan a couple other people and uh they they pointed me in the direction of communications um so I went down I had a meeting with 
Emmy Gamble, Emmy Yankasek Gamble, the uh, the chair at the time, and we we came to an agreement. Um, I don't know how she felt about me then. She's she's a a, a mentor now. I mean, I talk to her probably weekly. Um, very wise, very resourceful. And she was she was very hard on me in in, in my time, but it wasn't. You know, as I look back at it, um, I got into communications because I'm a talking head. I like to talk about sports. I, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to be behind a camera. I didn't want to do all that. Um, and I still struggled with going to classes. And, you know, Bobby and I, Bobby Bush and I started out on a thing where we were calling the basketball games and calling the football games on the radio. Uh, and... You know, I didn't go to class, and she yanked me off of, off the air. And, you know, at the time, I was really mad, really upset. You know, why would you yank me off the air? You're, you're, you're hurting me. Right. And what she was actually showing me is the fact that, uh, you know, if, you go to, if I don't go to my job, I don't have a job. There are consequences. Yeah, you know, if I don't, if I don't go to the, the, if I only go to the fun parts of my job, <laughs> guess what? You don't get invited to those because you're no longer an employee. So, um, but she worked with me and by the end of it, um, she's really somebody that, that dedicated time to getting me out of Bethany and, and, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, so that was, that's how I became a comm major and, you know, we did some good things. We won some awards. We, uh, yeah. Tell us about some of these awards. Everybody, the wall is filled. I mean, it is crazy how many there are oh so we uh the the bison roundup which was a weekly show we did with the coaches and the players and and uh we aj Vertel, bobby bush uh there was even a christian stage one episode i don't think it ever aired but it was out there katie Ballone was a co-host at one time um we we would talk about what's going on in bethany what what are the uh what what's happening in sports we recap the sports we'd uh, that was that was kind of our thing, and um, you know we moved to Bison Game Day, which was a pregame, halftime, postgame show, uh, similar to College Game Day. We sat there, we did a live pregame, we did a live halftime show, we did a live postgame, and a lot of people don't realize that there were times towards the end of the football season where basketball would be going on. So we would do a show from. One, we'd start at one o'clock and go to yeah, you worked, and then you'd have a half hour and you'd come back and it would be, you know, instead of it being a desk outside on a football field, it was um, three benches, right? And you know, I, I really credit that Eric Sprouse gave me a lot of freedom to do some things. Uh, he put me in the um, Halloween special, Jocelyn Nelson and I hosted. We did Light Up Night two years in a row. We did uh, fam- Campus Feud, which was a college a huge version. Hit. It was a college version of Family Feud, and uh, I was the host, and we had all the sororities involved and the fraternities, and uh, student uh, life, the mm-hmm. residence advisors were also involved. And, uh, you know, we won a Telly for it as a production. It was a great, it, it, it was a great award. Um, personally, you know, my, my biggest one is the, uh, the SAC Broadcaster of the Year Award, um, for my, what was my junior, I guess academically would have been my junior year. Um, it was definitely a time where, you know, 
I, I covered all the sports, and it was nice to be voted on that way by the athletes and the people that represent the teams. Um, so, but the thing about it, it's the same thing with this broadcast. There's, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that people don't see. Like when yes. I was in college, I was definitely just the talking head, but I would pull cable. I would do certain things because, you know, you have a guy like Joe Dumas, who's, who's one of the best engineers I've ever had the opportunity Hands to down. work with. And when he's telling you, you know, this is what you got to do. You do it. The guy worked. The guy's the guy's resume speaks for itself. Um, you know, Eric Sproul's being there to uh, boost an ego that maybe necessarily didn't need to be boosted. Uh, me to be there to knock the ego back down when I got a little big to humble you for my britches. Um, you know, the comm department. I I have nothing but positive things to say about the department <clears throat> that I came from. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a it is a well oiled machine. And the amount of people that have been pumped out. I mean, Cody Coleman, Lily Knight, Katie Vaughn, Nadine Radar. Uh, I always forget his name from Sigma Nu. Cam Smith, Cameron Smith, uh, Skip Smith. You, there's just so many people from that from that department that that did well. Uh, McKenna Junkin, Lauren Townsend, like the names just Emily Stinner. They, 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 these names that that they're they're really successful in in what they're doing right now. Lexi Naples, Dustin Hess. Um, well, you know they're TikTok famous, but and, oh, yeah. Well, you know we all we all, we all aspire we all aspire to be you know viral. But I mean, you're missing a very very important name to that list. I mean, you are also right up there. No, see, see, the thing about it is, and, and uh, I, I'm, I don't look at it that way. Ah, oh, bullshit. Okay, team. all right. He's going to sit here and give you the political answer. I'm going to tell it's you guys a... right now. Now, nah, Hush, this is my episode. I'm the host. Supposed to be. He one. is another really, really talented, passionate broadcaster, news anchor. He can do it all. And... You deserve any recognition that you have, but that's beside the part. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get away from my right, my soapbox. Yeah, move on to so, your next question. So, all right. So, you mentioned fraternities. Yes. And now Carlo happens to be the refounding father of Alpha Sigma Phi. So, talk to me about the mindset that went in freshman year. Where the fourteen of us got together, what was going through your mind? So the funny story about that is, is that we weren't going to be Alpha Sigs. I mean, uh, I had some connections to the the house when I, when we got to Bethany in two thousand and ten. Um, that was a house that if I was going to join a house, that's the house I was going to join. Yes. Uh, Corey Arrington and I were freshman year roommates, and we. Uh, his brother was a Lambda Chi, Lambda Chi Alpha, I believe. And we had reached out and we wanted to start our own chapter here at Bethany. Um, just to just to shake things up. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily Corey was getting looked at by other houses. I mean most of the guys in our group, uh, in our group, the specifically the freshmen of that group were were getting looked at. But um, you know, it didn't they, they didn't see an opportunity here due to numbers and, and there, there, it just wasn't the right fit. Um, so J term, our freshman year, I catch the Bethany plague first week of J term. I'm out. Terrible. I'm out. At least a week. week. I was out for the week. I mean, I, like, uh, 
I I remember Corey coming into the room maybe every like half hour because I mean I, I was burning up but I was out there was it was like me being asleep I was just gone um, so I had gotten an email from Heather Mollendor at the time was the Greek life advisor uh, and um, Steve Latour and Joshua Rendy wanted to have a phone conference with Corey and I um, and the original plan uh, I don't know if Corey is watching this. I don't know if he remembers. The original plan was Corey was supposed to be the president, and I was supposed to be the guy that handled the things inside the house. Um, we got to that meeting, and clearly I like to talk. And, well, I talked during the meeting and gave my ideas, and the powers that be decided, okay, you're the president, and that guy's going to be the second. So Corey was, and he wasn't our original vice president. Uh, we had, there was, some, you know, political things that went into that on the people that we brought in. We had 14 original guys. We had meetings at the, uh, at the Gresh. We held our chapter meetings um, in the conference center. Uh, I was not a nice person to be around because you know there's a lot of stress that comes into that with nationals and alumni. And um, the Alpha Sigs now wouldn't, the, the current brothers, uh, not to take anything away from them, because I don't know what the national situation is. I know what the alumni situation is. The alumni are well engaged now. They are, um, and, and for a while there, we had not been engaged. As an alumni group, we were not engaged. We, there were some things that happened they didn't agree with, whatever. I mean, I, I, the stories can go on, but if you met those guys, you understand the, the Branders, the Butlers, the Garners, the, the people, um, the J.B. Josephs uh, and, and Noah's, Noah Townsend, Brian DeCola, those guys are the whether they the nationals and them like it or not. Those are the guys that were were helpful. They came back. They wanted to see their house. Yeah, and they really thrive. taught us. You know, Bob's. I talked to Bob Sandercox, Rest in peace. <clears throat> that guy's a legend. I mean, he's he literally is the reason that Bethany College um, is in certain situations that it, it it is in financially with the way that he every position you could think of. He was like John Cunningham. He had a new position every every year. Right. Um, but the mindset was that uh, we were, I don't give, we, we didn't give a shit if you were gay, black, whatever. You, you wanted to be a part of it. You wanted to be a part of the house. I mean, we had equestrians. We had actors and third. We had basketball players. We had football players, predominantly football players because the people those are just the recruiters but we we had runners we had guys that didn't do anything you you weren't an athlete you did other things on campus that, and i don't mean didn't do anything but you weren't an athlete i mean, I, mean had, look at me. I didn't do anything we had a lot of different um and, and I, I don't necessarily think that we were um fully accepted at the beginning when we when we first come into you know where the where the alpha sigs there were there were some issues there from the other fraternities specifically. Well, it was it was it was it was a delicate manner because we didn't want to step on the legacy that Alpha Sig had already on campus and we wanted to show that we wanted to take the culture that they had and kind of turn it to a new direction. Well, and I mean the, the let's be real when when you talk about this campus it it has gone to it's it's 40 i think it's 42 43 percent african-american i mean 
you to to not recruit somebody because of their skin color is stupid. And I'm not saying yeah. that there are houses on this campus that did that. But we weren't going to exclude. It wasn't us. We weren't going to exclude. That was the whole point is that what we did was and and for a long time this was the method. If we didn't 100% agree with who was getting into the house, you didn't get into the house. And if you had a problem with someone, you had to voice the problem and it couldn't be, I didn't like that person. Right. You had to give a reason, like, like, why don't you like them? What did they do to cause this? And we had a real discussion about it. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's, it's definitely something I'm very proud of. We're, we're 10 years into this now. Um, it's a strong house. Uh, I, I wish them guys the best of luck. And, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll always cherish. And, and being a recipient of the Bob Sandercox Award, which we've, all yeah, 2013. Um, you know, that's that, that's something that it'll stay on my wall no matter where I go. It's it's a very I'm, I'm very I carry my my fraternity very proudly. It's a it's a part of who I am. Um, we're just you know we're on the other side now. We're on the other side of that door. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So even though I'm here at Bethany all the time, but I mean I'm, I'm I, I'll give them any advice they need. I'm I'm willing to help them. I've had. Multiple guys from the chapter, they've been down in my apartment to, to have conversations, to, to figure some things out. And that's kind of where I feel my my role is now, is that I'm supposed to be the guy. If, if, if none of if, and, and there's a lot of alumni, you know, Thad Allen and Josh Arendi and, and all these people. Um, our, our keys, Bill Kiefer, Larry Grimes, Larry we have... We have so many people in our chapter that are that are there to be advisors and that were great advisors to me. Um, so I feel like it's almost it's almost a duty that my job is the I said duty, but it's almost my job Damn to uh, yeah I had to break that emotional moment up. Oh Lord! But it's almost my job to uh, to be that guy to to be there to give advice and it's it's not to tell you what to do because it's it's not it's not our house anymore. I mean it's always going to be our house but it's it's now time for the those new generations to do their thing. I mean I'm not a college student anymore. I don't know what goes on on campus every day, so Right. Um, but that's that. So that's that's Alpha Sig. Anything else you want to talk about in this first part or Let's see. Um before we go to break, why don't we do this? Name me one highlight from your Bethany College experience that will forever live in your heart. It leads into comps. Uh, so I got a phone call Wednesday night of comps, the week of studying, um, while I was at the bar. And I couldn't answer the phone, so Chuck answered the phone. Chuck got the information. Chuck gave me the information. I laughed at him and told him he wasn't funny. And I proceeded to take another drink, and he slapped me open-handed in, in front of a lot of people told me to get my ass home because I had to get the hell out of Bethany. And, uh, you know, between him and Harry Chambers and, and rest in peace, Bob Chambers, there were three people in the town that really uh, helped me out there. And, you know, Chambers, I, I, have a, I have funny videos of when I was, you know, a senior and the first couple years I lived in town. Uh, I would walk into Chambers and yell out loud, morning, Harry, from the front door. Like, the bell wouldn't even stop ringing, and I would already be yelling... And you'd hear him annoyed, morning Carlo. But then it became, you know, I, I drink, I have a cup of coffee there every day. I have a lunch, I have a, most of the time. It became a routine. I enjoy the lunch special. I, I pressure him when he moves the soups away. They shouldn't go away. I think 
That's my opinion. But I second that opinion. But, but you know, the soup. Who are we? we? Well, the soup pot goes away. He can't do anything about it. Is his story. Um, and since we are talking about chambers, uh, you know, make sure if you're in town, you stop down for a breakfast sandwich, be- biscuits and gravy, the lunch specials every day. First, fi- first Friday of every month is Fish Friday. You can get a T-shirt that says. Chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it because that's the absolute truth. And I don't think there's anything more factual that's ever been said in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also get the Mushroom Capital of the World shirts either in black or in, uh, I believe, neon green. And uh, I don't—I hope you don't mind. I'm going to finish this promo for Harry before we send it to him because this is what we do. It's your show. All right. Well, no, it's your show. I'm just here. <laughs> that's right. But uh, Harry Chambers... Chambers General Store since 1917. You need to stop down. Uh, this is Danny Bishop hosting the 100th episode of Dingo Talk, the alumni tour. I am Carlo Guadamino, and uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, and our psychedelic green third edition Bethany Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo. Welcome back, Chuckleheads. It's your host, very special host, Danny Bishop, on the 100th episode of Dingo Talk with my guest, 2016 class, Carlo Guadagnino. Welcome back, buddy. What's up, buddy? All right, so I just got to get to the the point here. Okay, so you were talking about, before we went to break, you were talking about getting slapped in the face. What was that about again? So Chuck felt that I was not taking uh, comps seriously enough, and um, the next two, three days... I, I, it was the the kick in the ass I needed. He, uh, he made a comment that if I wasn't in the study session at 7 a.m. Thursday, that he was going to drive up to campus, come into Alpha Sig, and drag me by an ear. And, uh, that's kind of what Chuck was for me at Bethany's, uh, uh, grandfather, you know, uh, surrogate dad while I was here, you know, not, nothing against my father and, and, and parents, but. You know, Chuck was Chuck saw me every day. Yeah, I, I was a frequent. I didn't necessarily drink every night in the bar, but I definitely was down there every day. I got to meet the people. You know, um, you know Chuck, Harv, Ed, Nene, Sherwin. You know those guys, and they they always wanted. To, they they were always there to talk, and 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 you know they bust your balls, but they genuinely cared. Yeah, um, and that's what Bubba's provided <clears throat> for the town of Bethany at the time. It also. I think it gets lost in that translation of what Bubba's was, and we all know what it was. If you had a pulse, you could get in there. Um, the thought process of that was, you know, us as students, we were going to drink regardless. There's no, let's not, let's not sure, like you said, you don't want to sugarcoat it. Let's not sugarcoat it. You were, we were all going to drink regardless, and you actually went through an experience where because you were not, monitored necessarily by someone who could cut who could have cut you off you you might not be sitting here today right um and that's what chuck and harv and ed that's what they were there for i mean obviously they were business guys they were there to make money but at the same time they genuinely cared about the students that came through 
and that was uh, that's something that I think the, the the town's missing, and the not not that they don't care about the students. It's just that there's not an outlet for the students. Uh, so, but that's we'll get into that I guess a little. Yeah, yeah. In that so, section down. so moving moving on with the uh, Bethany College life, you you alluded to it earlier. So, comps. It's a very very big milestone in the Bethany College culture. You can't graduate until you comp. No, my degree's right there, so I I must have taken them. Yeah, all in all in that Latin stuff over there. It's yeah, nice. I, I know I know Bethany College, and I know the names that are on it that signed it which I'm thankful for every person that's on there. And I know my my, my name, because I've seen that enough written. But other than that, Once I can't, twice. Can't, yeah. read the, can't read the rest of Latin. But it's a beautiful diploma. It sounds pretty. It when does. You, you know, if you... It's a beautiful diploma. Yeah. So tell me about, like, how was that experience, you know, getting prepared, studying for comps? Um, I'm a weirdo. I recorded my own voice because, like, you, you, you ever listen to music? And you remember, like, you, you listen to a song, like, two or three times, and you remember it. Yeah. Um, we were listening to Hamilton right before we started all this, and, and we've listened to that. I've listened to that so many times, like, I know the songs, just like you do. He has a pretty singing voice. Um, so, the way, the first two days of my studying was a lot of taking notes while I was sitting in the study sessions. You know, I had people like Sammy Schott and Nick Plesh and... Um, Nadim Radar, actually, Nadim and I, we, we, we battled comps the entire time together. We, we, we studied day and night. Um, Nadim was a little different in the way he studied. He was more of a reading, reading guy. I was a listening guy. Uh, so I basically copied notes and then went back to my room, recorded them, just reading the notes. And I would, I would do my normal activities in the house. But instead of listening to music, I was listening to notes on repeat. So I'm not going to lie. That is brilliant. And I'm actually a little upset that I didn't do that myself. That's a great technique on how to get That's, that. It's just, it, it was easier for me to relearn all the material. Um, and and I, I had a little bit of a benefit because I was a junior when I became a comm major. I'm not an 18-year-old kid coming in and not thinking about, oh, comps is so far away. I'm a 21-year-old guy, 22-year-old that, you know, I'm not graduating with my with, with the people I came in with. Uh, so comps became a big deal to me. They were, they were, uh, I walked through those Ogilvy gates and I planned to walk out and uh, I, I achieved that. And you that did. was, uh, you know, written's, I, I know I can take you to the seat I sat in in Weimar. I can, uh, I, I've made the joke on previous episodes uh, of this show, um, I opened my question, you know, the test. You pull it out of your little folder. And Maureen Golick and Lisa Kukarice were sitting doing the proctoring of the, before the teachers walked in and whatnot. And uh, I had Bubs, Bubs sitting in front of me, and uh, Joe Hoffman was sitting next to me. And they look at their test, and it's like, it's, they were math and business guys, so their test was ridiculous. <sighs> And I read the questions for Dave for the first test, at 9 a.m. in Weimar. Bright and early. And I go, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, he said it. I, I, out loud, and Maureen looks at me and goes, Carlo, we know you've been here for a while, but you're not allowed to talk during this 
So I sat there for five minutes, sat in the test, just looking at the, like, I studied all these things. I was panicked. It's intimidating. There were were certain classes, uh, Calm Theory and Research, a lot of people will remember from that time with Jason Smith, was the test you had to, and Viscom, which you and I had together with Jason Smith. Um, it It was a tough class. The other classes were very easily laid out. Jason was a very complicated professor. He wanted the best out of you. Um, and he used words necessarily bigger than what my vocabulary was, so I couldn't follow him sometimes. Uh, so I focused a lot on the classes he taught. Um, but, so I get through the first two days. Uh, I guess I did well. I did well enough that uh, I'll, I remember the phone call from Emmy, and she said, you know, you're, you, you, have to, you have to do well in orals, which... You know, sitting in front of a room talking to people, so... For an hour. I should be all right, right? I can do this. Um, but, you know, you, you did really well. Not well enough. I wasn't... Cl- I don't think I was close to distinction. I, I think, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I just wanted to pass the test. Um, I walk into my orals, and it's Dr. Sutherland, Emmy Gamble, and Lisa... The library, I don't know, maybe her name's not Lisa, the librarian. Okay. Okay. Those are my three people. I've been here for six years. Those are the three people they put on my, on my, I got my two, there's my two major people. I took six years worth of classes and either, (laughs) either the professors were, had left before or, you know, whatever. But, um, so Dr. Sutherland had asked me a question about international calm at the time. Uh, and I made it. I I, I kind of made a joke about how the, the the world is flat when you think about it technology wise. You could be in China. I could be in America. We could have a conversation in real time. It's a different time frame from you to me. I don't think the world's flat. It's but from a technology point, it's a linear. You know what I mean? There's a line. We can we can be in real time with people that aren't necessarily right in front of us. Uh, so that was the first question. Um, I also, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that I drank and, you know, they give you a cup of water. They gave you like the catering cups. Yeah. So I drank the whole cup of water and went to put it down. And, uh, it's a thing about me before I brought, before I do any type of public speaking, I get, I get a little bit of the shake, my hands shake a little bit. Uh, so I went to say something to them and I didn't realize the cup was where my, you know, I talked with my hands. Launched the cup across the table. Thank God there wasn't any water. <laughs> so that's how I started comps. You get that question from Dr. Sutherland. Uh, Professor Gam- Professor Jacob Gamble was, she wanted some answers on, you know, what am I going to do and what was my plan? And my plan at the time was I was going to, I was going to go and try to be a, a broadcaster, a reporter in some, some venue of sports. Um, and then we get to the librarian and I get, uh, what's your favorite part of the library? I went to school for six years, and I used the library for DVD rentals, and when I needed a break on the love sacks, because the love sacks were phenomenal. They were. Uh, That was probably not a great answer for my time. My tenure at Bethany probably wasn't the best answer for me to give. But uh, regardless, I get to walk out, and I did it my way. Um, I walked out the back. Emmy walked out the front. I walked all the way around the building uh, for those don't know there's a back entrance to where student life the comm department and the admissions office are and you walk around and then people are normally in the front 
And what I remember is there was a lot of people in the cafeteria that were that were like kind of up in the window before this new cafeteria. They were up in the window and it was it was kind of cool. But I, I realized I've been there for six years, so there's probably a lot of people that were like, "Whoa, you graduated! <laughs> I could do that if he did it." Um, so, uh, but I remember you know the fraternity all being there and getting my for he's an alpha sig song uh that i had done for many other brothers um and at, at times had questioned whether or not we were really going to get to that point um so and and not i didn't take any i've never taken an easy road including my path to coming to bethany the first time i take campground instead of, <laughs> you know and campground was a dirt road i forgot to mention that part when I got to Bethany, campground was a road that they had gone and dug up and just never came back to. So it was just yeah, dirt. Like, and, like, ah. and people were like, you go on that. Like, it was like a legitimate you go on that road until you re- realized Frogtown is that way. So, um, but yeah, there was a lot of great, a lot of great times. Um, actually, you know, I make the joke to a lot of people. I have two diplomas on my wall. Uh, the... I'm looking at them right now. The Bethany diploma is nice and framed and what it should be. And then right above it is my Bubba's diploma because the I... The coveted Bubba's. I, my, mine is signed by Chuck and the rest of the people that were there. Ed and Harv, I know, for sure signed it. And, uh, you know, I earned that degree. That one, for sure, I earned. The second one, I got nudged along uh, and nothing was easy. You know, um, I... My girlfriend and I were actually having a conversation at, at Christmas dinner this year with my family, and we were talking about religion. And I took religion with, with Jay Farwell and got an 87 in, in religion. And when we got to Bethany, that was unheard of. Yeah, he to, was. To, to go into a Farwell class or a deal class at that time yeah. and walk out with, if you passed it, you passed by skinning your teeth or you were really good. There was really no BC people. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I really hold dearly is that you know i i i i was really i was brought up in in religion but i didn't come into the class with any pre preconceived notions and uh it was a really good class really good class yeah so we're moving forward yeah um and so now the day has come graduation now you were in a special circumstance with graduation because didn't you guys have it inside so the day of graduation it all morning pours down rain, right? So they make the decision we're going to be in the in the gym. And the only thing I can remember from graduation, I don't remember walking across the stage. I don't remember any of that. What I remember is my good friend Jake Rydell. We Bar- Ethan Barnes and I had woken up. We went to breakfast. We came back. Uh, Jake had gotten a shower. And then said, oh, I'm just going to put my pants on. No big deal. About 10 minutes go by and nobody, we, none of us heard from Jake. So we go to his room. He's passed out. So we yell in, hey, the van's here to get us. Because, you know, they, they did the shuttles. Yeah, so we go. yelled in and said, like, hey, the van's here. And shut the door and got in the van. And when he didn't come, like, he'll get the next one. Yeah, he's fast. He's a football player. He'll run. We sat there. At graduation, and Jake's name got announced. There's no Jake. <laughs> For a degree, a bachelor's of science, there's no Jake Rydell there, right? So, 
I walk across the stage. I'm back in my seat. And you, you know the gym doors, the way they make that noise when they open. So you hear the gym door open, and you see this dude just all disheveled. He's got his cap and gown on. He runs in. Uh, we get through the end of graduation, and he has to tell Dr. Kappel who he is. And they announce Jake at the end of graduation as, you know, Bachelor's of Science, Jake Rydell. <laughs> and uh, that's one of those memories. It's the, the, that Friday night, if we would have had GoPros and whatnot, <laughs> those, that footage could never be seen. <laughs> I don't think any of us went to sleep before. Any of us that were graduating, not, we didn't go to sleep before 4 or 5 a.m. I mean, there was like an hour worth of sleep, and then, you know, you, it was time to walk across the stage. Um, you know, I stayed in Bethany after that. I was, uh, I, I think I was the last person out, as I was for many years while I was in school. Uh, you know, did my last walkthrough through the house, and that was kind of, that was the end of that. I moved in uh, down the street right here behind Bubba's. Uh, John Cole gave me a room for six months. I worked at the Crooked Dock. I started as a prep cook, ended up being a bartender uh, for a little bit. That led into a job at Bubba's. I worked for Chuck and, and, and saw the other side. Um, there was a couple other uh, jobs. Like well, you I worked, worked out in Pittsburgh well, I, for security, right? Right out, of, right out of college, I worked the whole summer. I worked at the Crooked Dock uh, six days a week. And sometimes, most of the time, it was a double shift. I'd go in in the morning. And do like prep work, and then I work the night shift as a as a help as help for as a bartender. Uh, and then when I was at Bubba's, I worked at Bubba's, and I was also a janitor at West Liberty for six seven months through the end of the school year. Um, and then when Bubba's closed, I got a job as a hot foods manager. At the Washington Shop and Save with Bob Deritza and Becky Deritza, and they were great. They, you know, um, I, I didn't at that point. I don't really have any management experience. They kind of they knew that I had a degree, and I learned a lot there. I learned a lot through for food safety and through just the way that you should treat the etiquette um, of you know, well, and the way you should treat an employee. I mean, yeah, the people have real lives. You have to, you know, um, I work. I did that for a year. And then, um, you know, I, I got in contact with an old friend, Garrett Lapiana, and I said, hey, I, you, you had reached out to me earlier. You're looking for security people. Are you still looking? And they say, oh, yeah, we're looking for a supervisor. Pays X amount of dollars. And, All right, we'll go to this interview. Because like, I, I, at that point, I was looking to get out of Bethany. Um, I still may have oh, planned to be. Um, but... Uh, leading up to that, I had started a, I, I was up for a job in Buffalo um, at the Herald Star, and I, I made it to the final two, and, uh, you know, there were some, there were some people, actually, fraternity brother Brandon Fitzpatrick had a friend that got me the opportunity and, and, and fought nice, for man. me and, uh, connections, you know, that, that led into me writing and, and, and that's, I think where we're going next is what was part of my, degree. I'll be the judge of where this goes next. Well, Mr. Dingo. So I got the job with Kellington security. I, I was a midnight supervisor. I worked the 12 to eight shift for 
four months, and then I uh, moved up as into the afternoon spot and was the lead road supervisor. Whatever you want to call it, I was just another jerk off driving a company car, making sure guards were doing their jobs. Um, and then I became an operations manager, transferred around a little bit, and uh, yeah, during my time at Kellington is where we we really get into what this is, but. There's other there's other avenues there before that so yeah so let's uh, let's let's talk about some some of those avenues so um, obviously we're on we're on Dingo Talk so talk to me about the whole creation of Dingo Talk uh, <clears throat> there was Keg Talk originally that was uh, me and Ethan Barnes and it was 15 minutes of sports and and we we broke things down and then there was. Uh, 15-minute sports break with Carlo Guadagnino, which was me giving my opinion on sports in a 15-minute time frame. And then uh, my my personal favorite, Deebs and the Dingo, where um, <laughs> I was not in a good place mentally. And I decided, you know, Deeb, DB was a student. He was, this was supposed to be portfolio filler for him. And I used the show as, it's 15 minutes, how fast can I get fucked up and still talk about sports? Love it. <clears throat> and you know, I talk about sports. It's what I do. It's just, it, it, it comes naturally to me. I my girlfriend, I drive her crazy because I tell her things that are way more complicated. I explain things, and it she doesn't give a shit. No, she, but she puts up with. But you. she does. She smiles. She Bless smiles her. and nods her head. Um, and that's kind of what DB had to do. Is he kind of had to lead that show? Um, we did some great. There were some great, potentially great episodes that uh, they just they didn't they didn't hit. Um, I tried my uh, my avenue in, in writing. I, I did a I think for about a year. I uh, I wrote a blog. It's the Dingo the Dingo himself. Uh, I think there was a sports break in there or something. You really can't. I looked it up earlier. You can't find it anymore. So Google apparently said, "Yeah, you're some. You're not real. Don't exist." <laughs> um, you thought like but, shit. So COVID happened, you know, and. Uh, Kyle Wells had reached out to me and wanted to do a preview for the draft, the NFL draft coming up. So we do the preview show, which never actually comes to light. Uh, there were some technical issues while we were recording it. But we do this show, and I, I kind of got bit by the bug again. I wanted to, I liked being, I liked doing it, I liked talking. Um, and actually, before we started this episode, we, we are in the process of doing some other things, and we were looking back through some old episodes. And if you go back and look at the first through ninth episode, I believe, of Dingo Talk, it's me with a backwards hat on, a microphone in front of me, a beer in my hand, and I'm talking about sports. They don't get very many views. They don't. They, they're not great. Um, but they were the <clears throat> beginning of, a, of an idea. And then You kept going. COVID happens, and, you know, I re uh, DB and I, DB is pretty much the co-founder of this whole thing. It's, he was the beginning, he was there from, from the building block of, you know, I, I kind of want to do this show, uh, what should I do? And, you know, I told you the story during break about how uh, Derek Emmerich, one of my good friends, and his dad, and I send him every episode, to this day, send him every episode. And we're sitting, we used to, we do a Christmas Eve uh, tradition. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, we're sitting up in the, sitting up smoking the cigars and whatnot. And I, I asked him, you know, what do you think of my show? And he goes, you know, you're pretty talented, but you suck by yourself. 
And he said that. And when I called DB, that was kind of just <coughs> ringing in the back of my head. Is you know, I'm not good by myself. I'm good when I play off of somebody else. I, I have you get a, that energy. I want to, yeah. I want to have a conversation. I want to do, uh, you know. So we uh, we came up with this idea to reach out to the coaches of Bethany College because I, I live here. It's easy. Um, and the pure goal of the show was, you know, you can't go out and recruit because this is the beginning of COVID, where everything's on lockdown. There's no, nobody's really doing anything. Baseball was in that weird. Are we going to do summer league because it's outside? We didn't know anything yet. Um, so the first episode of the of Dingo Talk, what it's become is uh, JT Thomas, the baseball coach, um, and it kind of rolled from there. We didn't get all the coaches, but you know, quickly as we were getting through coaches, I started to realize like, oh, what am I going to do? And eventually, you're going to run out of people to interview. Yeah, run it. Uh, it's just numbers. It's going to, and I don't want to just be a Bethany sports guy. Like, right. I did that. I want to show that I have growth and whatnot. Um, so Byron Mayers is the first alumni tour guest, um, and you go back and look at it, and I'm looking at the the chalkboard right now. You have Dingo Talk written really small, and Byron's name written really small, and like I think we tried to throw his class year on there, but you can't really tell. <laughs> um, but it's a great interview, and then you know I get. Macramar and then Ethan Barnes and it just starts to you know I, I had this was for fun um, and then you know Dingo Talk that's what we're going to do we're going to call it the alumni tour it's just a section of this talk show I, I talk a lot and it's it's a nickname that I've gone by for many years mm-hmm. um, so we get to the point and there's been I mean if we had Serenity on camera right now, she would tell you there was a. We went to Point Pleasant. The chairs were sitting, and I get them for free. And I, I'm so excited. I sent a picture into our group message of Dingo Talk. There's four of us. It's me, me, DB, Miranda, and Serenity. That's that's the core group. Um, and I send it, and I don't get a response. So DB calls me, and I jump him immediately. Like I know you. You hate the chairs and your blah, blah, blah. And he hangs up on me, <laughs> right? So we're like maybe 15, 20 episodes into the alumni tour. And the guy that's the producer, the guy that's been there to bounce ideas, he, I just, he just hung up on me. And we're, I don't know we're now. I called the next day and I had to apologize because I was, I was being an asshole. Um, but that's the, like, you know, the, the logo was created by Miranda. The... The general general theme was me, Miranda, and DB throwing ideas around of how we should do this type of show. Um, and I, I really think the biggest thing that's come out of this show is that, you know, everybody has their own story and everybody has their own experiences. Yes. And for me, Dingo Talk, that's where the story is going to be. Exactly. Because you're going to get human interest stories. And you're going to get... Maybe some work experience advice or, you know, just, just different things a like nice that. A nice life lesson or, you know, a story to reminisce about a good time that and, was had. And it really, for me, it, it's, I love Bethany with all my heart. Um, and that's kind of what this was, was I, I financially, I can't give back. I'm not in a position to do that. But this was my way of giving back to it, the college that gave me a degree and... Yeah. And uh, taught me the things I did, and 
And like I said, I mean, they, I don't know how everybody feels about Dingo Talk or what they know about why we call it Dingo Talk, but I mean, it, 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 it's very special to me. It's the same thing Chuckleheads is very special to me. Chuckleheads is, you know, for how many years did people go into that bar and you were involved with Chuck? So for me, because of how close I was to Chuck, you pay homage to him. Calling people chuckleheads, it's kind of like, you know, we're all Chuck's people. Yeah. Like, we were all Chuck's kids. And, 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 and you know, the Dingo Talk thing just being, it started off as a joke, the name Dingo, and it, it just kind of ran. So I do, have, I do have a question about that. But before we get into that, I want to, like, I want you to describe, because you have a very diverse group of people that have come on this show. Um, you know, myself included, you've, you've, you've reached out and brought in people that, you know, some of them were sports mm-hmm. players, athletes. Uh, then you have the ones that were, you know, like myself or were more involved with the, the extracurricular activities and really took advantage of the Bethany experience. Mm-hmm. So what was your mindset in picking these people? Uh, um, so at first it was the people that would respond. <laughs> I mean, I said a lot. Don't get me wrong. There's probably a lot of people um, that have told me no, or that they, you know, they appreciate it, but that's just not their thing. And then some people we reached out to as a we. we this is where we're gonna go. Um. You know, a lot of I, I went through the numbers today. There's there's been a lot of Alpha Six scattered throughout. Um, but there's been a lot of other fraternities, sororities represented. Yeah. And it really just became um, people that want to tell their story. And I'm not going to, don't, I don't give it, I don't, and I know I've used other language, but I'm going to quote Daryl and can I say this? I don't give a shit about your political views. I don't give a shit about your religious views. I don't, I don't give a shit about that. And, and my, my audience doesn't give a shit about that. My, we want to know about you. How did you start? Where did you, where were some things that you struggled with or didn't struggle with? And where are you now? And then why this or why that? And and that's, I think, a thing that we've gotten away from. And, and there's always such a, we want to get that hot take. or We want to get the, the you want to get that, the clickbait. Yeah. I don't give a shit about clickbait. You know, right? we get 130, 140 people to watch the show. There's 140 people that, that maybe enjoyed a little bit of it. And, 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 you know, that's really what I'm here to do. I, I think that there's a lot of alumni that feel that they've been alienated based on their bank accounts and they get an opportunity to tell their story. Um, so they're really, to, to answer your question, there wasn't an, <laughs> there wasn't a way we picked people. I mean, I, I, I got suggestions and if somebody suggested somebody and had a contact information for me, I reached out. If I had their, if I already had them as a friend on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or where, I reached out. I mean, I, JT was the first person I ever reached out to and I told him the whole idea and he, he jumped on it immediately and that, that kind of got the ball rolling for the coaches. On the alumni side, I mean, if you look at the early episodes, it's a lot of people that we went to school with or yep. that went to school immediately after us. Um, and part of it was that I felt by sh- only showing what happened in our time there was not doing the alumni base justice or the college justice. You, you, you have to be able to see where all these people came from and the different people that came to Bethany and, and succeeded or didn't succeed. I mean, I, DB will hate me for telling this story, but I tell the story, I, I, I remember bringing it up to him 
kind of calling a show, the Dingo Talk, the Fallen Soldiers, <laughs> and having all the people that came to Bethany that didn't graduate. But they came to Bethany. They were here. They were a part of it for one one time or another. <clears throat> of course. Um, so there was a lot there for me. Um, and, and, you know, we're at the 100th episode, and I, I really considered wrapping up being the last alumni, and we're going to wrap that up. And I, I just don't see that. I, 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 we're not going to focus predominantly on alumni, but we're going to still... F- if, if an alumni is willing to do an interview, we're, we're going to tell their story. And they yeah. deserve to have their story told. And that's kind of where I sit with what my show has become. Yeah, I, th- I think that there are numerous worthy candidates for future interviews. And, you know, throwing in one in every so often, every no, every no, uh, number of, of episodes. I mean, it's paying homage to what really got you to branch out and create, the, you know, the baby that you have. Now, in saying that, I have one question. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dying to know. Oh, so my what's last... that about? What's Dingo mean? <clears throat> my last name is Guadagnino. Uh, yeah. So, uh, my big Greg Garner started calling me Guadagnino. Uh, they dropped the guada off of it, and I became the dingo. They created a Twitter page. It's the Twitter page that I have today. They, they did it without my knowledge, and then I just kind of kept it. Um, <clears throat> started off as a joke to make make reference. I won't say make fun, but it was to make reference to Max Langenstein, who referred to himself as Big Dog. <laughs> uh, so he would get a little, he'd get a little drunk or he'd have a little too much fun at, the, at that night, and he would start referring to himself as Big Dog. So I would start referring to myself as the, the dingo. The dingo says this. The dingo says, you know, doing it in third person. Um, Mike Hensley and I went to Chicago. I bought a hat. I had a hat created um, that said the dingo. I walked around with it for a year. It got retired at the bar. It's one of. It's another thing. I, I got it back. I, it's, I won't bring it out, but it's, it's, it's here. Uh, but it was, it was retired. When I graduated, Chuck thought it was the only thing that he could do to honor me was to hang my hat at the bar to say that I actually graduated from Bethany. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> there was that. But yeah, it, it started off, it's just a play on my last name. I mean, you embraced this character. Though. I did. It, I became, did. it became a life of itself. I... I don't know if I necessarily embrace the character. If I embrace, if I embrace. See, now you're gonna lie on your own episode. No, I'm saying that I embrace. Bitch, you the embraced it, y'all. You won't. You already know. You already. I have a show named after me. What do you mean? I definitely have an ego. We don't you need already. to point that out. I are, did. Get are we ready it. for these last two questions? Yeah. All right. Ask okay. the last two. All right. So, what is next for Dingo Talk? Um. So we are we are branching out. We have some. We've, we've recorded some episodes. The next two episodes, I'm very excited about. Uh, there, there are some Pittsburgh sports personalities, and uh, they, they, they have no affiliation to Bethany. They're I consider them to be important people. They're they're in in the uh, broadcasting field. Um, we have some coaches. We have some. I have a doctor that is doing things with a mouthpiece and concussions, lined up. Um, I have some Whippeal basketball coaches, one of which was a Whippeal basketball coach and is now an official in the Whippeal. One was a very successful men's coach and is now very successful on the women's side. Um, I have some former 
uh, D1 athletes that are now doing things training-wise and whatnot. Uh, I have a guy I went to high school with that uh, is a dog trainer. It's called Say It Yes, or Say It Again Dog Training, I believe is his. I love it. And he's, you know, it, it just, I, I, I want to talk to different people. I want to, um, and like I said, I think we're still going to do the alumni as, as they come. I, I'm, I'm, as of today, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to talk to the new director of the, of alumni, who, uh, Dino Amelie, and I hope I'm saying his last name right, but uh, we just, we spoke today before this broadcast. Uh, I'm going to get him on the show and talk about his experience at Bethany and what he plans to bring as the as a guy involved with the alumni. Um, but there's just a lot of things. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to take a step behind the camera and we're going to, you know, you're going to launch your podcast in April, Bishop's Confessional. Stay uh, tuned. So you don't know, we, we don't know what that's going to consist of yet because, you know, we're both unpredictable and we have to get in the studio and actually do it. But the plan is is that April, first week of April, you should be Wednesday uh, during the day. Some, at some point, you'll get a release of Bishop's Confessional, and then Thursday will be followed up with Dingo Talk. Um, so there's a lot of good things. Um, but again, without Miranda Heights and D.B. Browning and Serenity Brown and you know David Krim and Tori <clears throat> Magnotti and Jordan, what's Jordan's last name? Moore. Jordan Moore, you know, there, there was a lot of people, Harry Chambers, KJ Dunn, you know, there's a lot of people that have done a lot for the show. And there's people yeah. that, that I, I'm not going to mention that they know what they've done for the show. Uh, they, they just... It takes a village. But... The village of Bethany. Um, so. So that's that, yeah. The final question. Why Bethany? What would you tell somebody? How would you sell our school? Um, communication is built on community. And the reason I say that is because the guy that founded the college, that's what he believed. To build a community, you need communication. And when you come to Bethany, um, you know, you get a very hands-on education, but you, it's hands-on and hands-off, if that makes sense. To the sense of, if you skip a class, that, per, that professor is going to know. You skipped. But they're going to want to know, why did you skip? What's, what's going on? At the same time, you have the freedom. You're, you're, you're 18. You're an adult. You're here. You're, you know, not a lot to do here. There's, a, there, there's not a lot. We are very far away from everything. But if you can, Bethany's what you make it. And it's not for everyone. Bethany is a very special place, but Bethany picks you. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's a the campus thing. The place itself has an aura, and it picks you. You either decide that you love Bethany and you're going to stay, or you leave. Because the people that will tell you, and not everybody had a great Bethany experience. We know that. Not every, But the people that tell you they had a bad experience... What did they do to improve their experience? Yeah. And the people that didn't, that did have a good experience, still have negative things. I mean, there's, there's a lot of shit that needs. It to has be its, fixed. it has its flaws. And it, and there's a lot of things that we need to come into 2022 and realize we we haven't yet. That's that's a flaw. Yeah. But the place itself is special, and the connections and the, 
not just the connections you're going to get to get a job, the connections that you're going to make lifelong friendships and the mentors and the peers and the people that you looked at as professors that now look at you as a peer because you, you did it. You, you made it through, you, you graduated, you walked across that stage, shook hands with whoever the president was at the time. And, and you, you know, you get to graduate, you get to say you're a Bethanian. And, and that's something, you know, that, that it's not for, again, it's, it's just not for everyone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that we should really focus on, you know, be a bison. Be a bison in whatever realm that means. If you're, if you're a fan or an athlete or an, a, or an actor or a, 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 just a student, be a bison. Be mm-hmm. a Bethany bison. That's what you should, when you come to Bethany, that's the, that should be the ultimate goal. And that's why. is because, you know, um, it's, it, it is a community. And without people continuing to add to that community, the community will die. So that's where I am with that. All right. Well, my brother from another mother. I did it. We're good. We did it. We, we, we came, we saw, we conquered, we talked some shit. Everybody, my name is Danny Bishop. I am the special guest host of the 100th episode of Dingo Talk, the alumni tour with class of 2016, Carlo Guadagnino, the friend, the brother, the legend, a staple in the Bethany culture. Big things are coming. I'm proud of you, brother, and I'm excited for this new chapter of your life. Thank you, buddy. Bye, bitch. Thank you to everybody that's been a part of this to this point, and make sure you subscribe to us. You can catch us next week, Thursday, 10 a.m., Chuckleheads. Wanna know by now?